friends. I'm so glad that you're with us. I'm Coach Mickey and I'm Mel. <laughs> and we are so glad that you're with us today. And come on in and make yourself comfortable if this is your first time. And for those of you that join us on a regular basis, you are in for a treat because as I promised, and we are so excited and lucky to have uh, Mr. William Frady on with us again. Um, and if you heard our last podcast, you're going to need to grab a cup of hot cider, some coffee, some tea, some water, blanket, and a blanket, something to hang <laughs> on to because I, you are in for some more treats with the stories that he is going to share with us. And if you did not get an opportunity to hear the podcast prior to this, you have got to go back and hear his stories because he sets the scene, the mood, and he is an amazing person. I am so grateful that he's with us. He is an artist. He is an author. Uh, he is the host of of ghost stories by the fireside. He also has got some amazing things that are happening that's giving back to the community. And someone that does that has already won a spot in my heart for that. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for coming back with us, William. I really appreciate you. I'm absolutely honored to be back. I enjoyed had a great time the last time I was on here. Yeah. Well, we had a good time, too. Yes, we did. <laughs> a very good time. And, and, you know, and adding to what you said about grabbing your cider and stuff like that, if you're in a place where you can get the campfire lit or you can turn the lights down low, hey, that'll make it even more fun. Ooh. Yeah. Yes, it will, especially from what we heard last time. Uh, And we're going to jump right in because I know I was at the on the edge of my seat and I had goose. I mean, I had goosebumps when you were telling some of the stories. And and for those of you that know me and been listening for a long time, for the very first time ever, I was speechless. (laughs) (laughs) Glad to make history with that. Thank you. (laughs) Yes, yes, you did. <laughs> See, he knows me. <laughs> so, one of the questions I was thinking is you were talking about the legends of Lacey Road, and this is like kind of uh, encompasses everything besides what you've done, you know, uh, your inspirations from, from the past as an artist and your writing and everything else. But it seems like all these experiences and everything that has happened in your life, and you, you know, is been from the legends of Lacey road. It indeed has. It did has. It, it really set the course for the direction my life took, including my interest in the paranormal and the supernatural. A lot of which got to a point where it's kind of at the behest of my mom, but Hey, <laughs> the, the things I've learned <laughs> and but the oh, things yeah. I've able, been able to grow into to being able to do. And it has been as much a blessing as it was a curse. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, well, that's one of the things that I think that amazed me is you're telling us these stories that, I mean, they are really in-depth and entailed and honestly scary. I mean, truly scary. And the fact that you have taken these experiences and used them in, in a way that you have uh, in, encompassed and, uh, I guess, embraced and used it to... Uh, make something positive out of it where most people I think would lose it. I mean, I, yeah. I can't imagine if some of this stuff happened to me, first of all, I'd be long gone. There's no way I would have stayed in the house. <laughs> um, but there's, but there's also an element of 
some of these things you told us are terrifying and it wasn't just you it was other family members it was some of your friends that came and stayed the night so it wasn't like you were just targeted by one one being it was anybody was free game in your house (laughs) absolutely oh yeah it was definite it it was kind of like so what are we going to do next one of my actually the one that was staying the night the night that the thing grabbed my leg He actually used to comment and compa- uh, make the comparison that my house was like another Amityville at times. So- <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. used to think that about, though, the, uh, when you were on the side of the house, on the left side of the house, and you'd look up and you those windows. For some reason, I always, I always thought that myself. You know, what's funny is that those windows are the subject of another story, and that is really that that was one of the more interesting times when both mom and I were home by ourselves. Mm, so wow. Wow. Detail. It, it, it's go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Finish what you're saying. Oh, and one of the funny things about that is that story also has a small history to it as well. Mm. That was going to be my question. What it, what is the history of this house? Do we know? Well, well I have a, a very, very theoretical – I know that the old house is not in its original place, mm-hmm. that it was once a house, uh, like I mentioned, that it was down on the Catawba River long before the Road Hiss Dam was built. Right. And to be honest with you, based on the story that I've got coming up, I speculate that it was the whole house – it housed a murder that no one knows about in Caldwell County and was lost to history, which I think also is deep rooted in what has helped draw much of the attention to that house from this other side. So yes, this is going to be one of my stories today. Oh, okay. Because, uh, because it, it it will also help set into perspective some of the things that's going on in this house. Well, well we're, uh, you've got me on the edge of my seat, so I'm going to let you let's, take it away. Go. So go for it. <laughs> All right. Go ahead and tell us. All right. Okay. To to give you a little bit of background for this story, my friends and I were avid campers down on the river. Melissa, you remember the old cove down there and the that we used yes. to go swimming. Yes. We camped down there profusely, mm-hmm. and, and uh, there were times we spent months out of the summer, probably weekends and a week at a time down in that uh, that cove, just camping, swimming, and just fishing, having a great time. Well, there was one of the weekends we decided to go down there, and it was right if I'm not mistaken, it was when school was over and I was graduating. Mm-hmm. And Aaron, Clint, and some of us, Clint had to join us later in the night because he was working, which we'll go to. Yeah, Clint is a good friend of mine. Uh, his un- goes under Instagram cosplay so and is a officer in the Granite Falls Police Department. So this kind of lets you know his who, who he is. Then mm-hmm. there's Aaron, who I mentioned uh who has spent time in the old house and in one of my previous uh, live ghost stories by the fireside episode relates his own experiences in the old house. Uh, But 
we were down camping. And one of the fun things we like to do is while we were down there, we would play to help deter any future campers from coming down is we would like to play some of the Halloween sound effects tapes just for the fun of it. <laughs> well, there That's scary came, anybody. Yeah, yes. <laughs> well, the fun part was is there came a point when the tape ended and the sounds did not. Oh, no. So herein lies the story. We were set up to camp out for the day or to camp out for the night. Had the, we should grab Pop's tarp and there was a pair of trees down there. We'd set a, make a tent out of, we'd make one of them old tarp tents by draping it over <laughs> down and spreading another tarp because it was just fun that way. Yeah. Uh, and then we'd use the pup tent to store our stuff in. We were avid about sleeping out under the stars. So it was one of them fun things. And when you look out at this cove, this river, it was kind of an enclosed cove. Mm-hmm. When you stood on the sandy part of this side on the right side, and this particular part on the right side where it delves back into the little crook between hills where one of the creeks came out. There was a sandy beach. That's where we went swimming and mm-hmm. did our, a lot of our camping. And then there was a the, then on the opposite side was a branch was a, yeah, I, was, I call it a branch or a wing where we would set up and have stuff where we could go fishing. Cause you really didn't want to swim over there. There was an no. old car that was beneath, uh, not no car, but an old refrigerator that was beneath the, the, the water. And, you know, a lot of people had thrown stuff in there and, and it was the mud, the mud was just the wrong kind of, Stuff you want, didn't want to get stuck trying to swim in because yeah. it could actually get around your feet and hold you down rather than let yeah. you swim. Oh, wow. Um, but we were set up and spend time over on that right side. And like I said, we were listening to, I actually distinctively remember that it was the Walt Disney's thrilling, chilling sounds of the haunted house. One of the best, and I do mean best and mm-hmm. realistic sounding sound effects tapes you could get for Halloween. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and like I said, we did this to deter like other boats and stuff from coming in on us. And as the sun was beginning to set, and twilight was setting over ridges, now this area got dark faster because it was enclosed with a narrow, with like a narrow gap between it and the main channel of the road hiss of uh, Lake Road Hiss. Mm-hmm. So we would sit there. And the fire was going, it was getting dark, and the typical sounds of the night were starting to come in with whippoorwills and the the night and things moving in the back in the woods, cracking and popping, just the normal things, along with uh, the sound fixed tape. And eventually, as we were talking and talking about music, talking about video games, talking about uh, I told you geek uh, <laughs> coming up with, <laughs> but. And as I was, and as we were sitting there talking and just carrying on with funny and good things, the sound effects tape comes to an end. So as we're sitting there, by this time it has gotten dark. The night has completely cloaked land. The only light now available is that from the fireplace, which has got the air, not the fireplace, but the fire pit, which has got everything lit up, 
and it, you know it, its usual orange and golden glows the little tiki torches we had lighting up to light our way so we could see around to gather wood or get to the stuff we needed occasionally a boat would zoom by out in the main channel but suddenly there was the sound of this argument that started taking place and doors slamming and it wasn't like from a neighborhood or echoing across the lake, it was coming directly from back in that niche, back in the woods where there is no house. Mm. There is no house. There is no neighborhood. All this is, is an area of just woodland Mm -hmm. that is sitting back in there. Now, anyone who knows the area, that's also the same cove, the same niche where the old house used to sit and the foundation was still there and could be seen at times. Mm. But that house where that house was, we was hearing, you'd hear somebody stomping up and downstairs an argument. I mean, a profuse and just brutal argument taking place. I mean, and it was, I mean, it was, it wasn't like an echo. It was the direct sound of it coming from there to us. Wow. And it, it, and it not being 50 yards in back into the woods from where we were. Oh my God. And Aaron and I were just sitting there and we were looking at each other and just listening and just, just could not believe that this was taking place. Just right there just beyond the just in the woods just just back in that hillside and just listening and like i said you'd hear a man and a woman just arguing profusely and stare and people somebody stomping up the stairs and and this carried on into the night with door slamming and arguments and all of a sudden at one point it really escalated into a violent really violent uh climax to where we heard you heard somebody banging on one of the doors and the door just bursts open and next thing you hear is this woman just scream and bloody murder and then the mur- the, the sound of the scream uh, it, it was like that scream of pain and terror all at once and then it just oh fades God. into a, a groan and passes out and you hear something getting drugged down the steps and then it starts up again with another set of voices and then arguing and going up and down the steps and then the banging of the door and you hear a man scream out. And again, the, the, the sound, the timbre of the voice changes into that of somebody, basically their voice fading out as if their breath was leaving at the same time. And then you hear it getting in the sound of something getting drugged. And then is by this time it was like late into the night and me and Aaron were just sitting there just looking at each other and Clint hadn't arrived yet and he was coming down later but he and I were just absolutely just mortified and Dumb. just think of what we were hearing and when it was all said and done the whole forest just went silent after that oh Wow. And this was back in that thing. And to this day, I believe that it's a murder that took place in the old and where the the old house, when it was where it used to be, took that it was replaying itself out the final events. 
Oh my God. Now in looking up stories on and looking up the history in the area, that old house, as crazy as it sounds, has no known origins. What? And I, you notice I said as crazy as it sounds. So yeah. I know this sounds insane. But it was when Granite Falls was known as Baird's Forge. Uh-huh. During the time it was settled, it was you know, according to one of our local history books, that house where it sat down on that in that point was already there in an old house when Granite Falls was settled as Baird Forge. So, what? so yes, this house actually predate the the timbers in this house predates uh, the actually predates America as a nation. oh my god yes and and this is actual research i have done on the place this is not ellis the story at all this is actual research and there's a picture of an old family that sat outside of it now this old house when it was taken down piece by piece and moved up on Mm -hmm. the hill where my old house sits well the one we know is old house now they took the pieces from that old house and constructed not only the old house. Of course, they used new timber also in the construction of the house, but they also built two barns, a pig pen, a chicken coop, and a couple of other small little buildings that sit in different locations on, and the shed that sat on the where the old house sits now. Right. right. And hmm, so, so it spread all over. It was spread all over. <laughs> Yes. So, and this also lets you know that the the phenomenon that takes place or in and around that house is not locked specifically to the house itself, but to the land around it too. Oh my God! Now I remember the barn. I never would go in the barn. Oh man, the barn! I wouldn't stay in the barn for for just some odd reason. I would not stay in the barn after nightfall. I, I would go out there and I would do that. But yeah, that that barn had some pretty mm. creepy stuff that could go on at nightfall. Yeah, there were there were times when we would have Halloween parties there, and the how we would dig a huge four foot fire pit and have it pop would load it up with all the the different like limbs and stuff he'd cut off of trees in his job, and we'd sit there and light it on fire and have hay bales stacked around the thing to sit back and have weenie roast and tell ghost stories like what we're doing right now. Yes. Yes. And it was some of the fun. I, and you probably remember those, Melissa, that's doing oh, that. Oh, yeah. Good times. I mean, it's the perfect place to have a Halloween. It, 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 it was. It was. And and what's funny is I ran in uh, last year after I did the Legends of Lace, after I did the live ghost stories by the campfire the first time. I ran into uh, Angela, which is the same one that Charles was on the phone with that day when the thing oh, came yeah. in through the door. <laughs> and she lives back in her family's house down there at the bottom of the hill. Oh, really? And she tells stories about the old house and was actually wanting it one sometime to have a Halloween party and have me host a live ghost stories live from Lacey Road. And I was like, oh, dude, that would be so great. That, that would be, would so be awesome. awesome. <laughs> 
live from the very place it all began. So <laughs> sounds like a road trip, Mel. Sounds like we need Ooh, to attend yeah. that. Hey, next Halloween. Hey, that would be a great. That would be a great, yeah. great special. And uh, uh, what did they, they say? A special feature. That would be yes. awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, we could videotape that one, like we've done some of our other stuff. That would be really fun. <laughs> so so you have i know you've had all these things happen and the stories that you've told us i know have incorporated you and a lot of your friends what about some of your other family members and i'm sure they Uh, experienced some of this stuff that they sure have they sure have uh one of the things that result that resulted in uh, uh crystal and her husband at the time moving out of the house was an incident that happened up in that same room where you're looking at that left side of the house that we were just talking about. Right. Yeah. This so I, I'm going to give you a, a threefold story in this one. Okay. Okay. Now this is the same room where the voice took, where that hold called by nobody took place mm-hmm. and where the thing grabbed my leg, which this is connected to that as well. One of the nights, mom and I were home by ourselves. Pop had gone to the local hunting club uh, meeting. Brigetta was living in Valdez at the time. Mm-hmm. And you might remember that when, that when Brigetta lived in Valdez. Mm-hmm. But one of my normal chores, the house was heated by wood heat. So one of my chores was to go out and get the wood in for the night. Now, mom was inside the living room. Now, you remember the layout I gave you before of how the living room and everything looked. Mm-hmm. Mom was in the living room watching PM Magazine. So this was <laughs> how long ago this was. That was a long time ago. <laughs> yes. And uh, we were sitting there and she was in there. I was in the dining room. I was either doing homework or I was drawing or doing something with Dungeons and Dragons or something, just, you know, uh, either way I was occupied in the, li- in the dining room mm-hmm. when, uh, when mom looked up and was like, Randy, you might want to go get food you know, go get the wood in before it gets too late. And I was like, okay, you know, not a big deal. I went ahead. It was one of my chores. So I had to go get the wood in. Now, like I said, mom and I were home by ourselves. Now, Mom and him had been up in the room, up in that upstairs room at some point during the day because the light was still on up there. Mm-hmm. So and, and it hadn't been cut off. So and it was all right. That was a normal thing. Um, but and I made sure that that was that detail was practical, that it was a normal thing to, for that light to be on, okay. especially if they were upstairs in that room when it was in a storage room and they were looking for something. But. I went out. Now, normally we had the wood stacked alongside of the porch and I'd just go out and get the porch. But at this point, the wood had just been piled outside in the side of the yard, the same side where you're looking up at those windows. At the windows, yeah. Okay. There was a huge pecan tree that was out there. And the wood was piled right there, kind of just in the center of the the yard there. Needing, mm-hmm. It was actually needing to be stacked. But at the moment, I was just having to go out and get it there. So I started going out to get the wood. Now, the sun had set. Everything was dark. And from the outside, aside from the porch lot and the ambient growth from the porch lot, I could see the wood pile. I could see that the light was on upstairs. 
and I could see, you know, the living room and uh, dining room lights. Well, while I was out there, some, a movement caught my eye while I was getting the wood. And I looked up to the second floor window. And across the window, closest to the chimney, and it would be the window to the right if I was looking at it. Mm-hmm. A hand, just a hand, probably no more than a hand with a ri- attached to a wrist, just moved across the window. Oh, my God. Now, at that moment, I was just thinking practical. I thought, okay, mom went upstairs for something. Remember, I told you that the lot was mm-hmm. on because so I figured she went upstairs for something. So I got the wood in and I went up, and then I noticed mom was mom walked in. Mom was still where I should sitting where I had left her when I went outside. Mm-hmm. So I looked and said, Mom, were you just upstairs for any reason? And no, I've been sitting here the whole time. Mom, uh, Melissa knows how mom talks. No, I've been sitting here the whole time just watching this. And I was like, well, uh, somebody's upstairs or something's upstairs. Now, the only way upstairs and downstairs is that staircase that I told you about when you, yeah, you walk no in that front- staircase. Yeah. No, it's just that one. And which means anybody having to co- go upstairs had to go through the living room where mom was sitting to go upstairs. Mm-hmm. And if they came down, they had to go through that same living room. Well, I went grabbed a flashlight and things and mom and I went upstairs and we looked over that entire house. There was nobody upstairs, no sign of anyone having been upstairs. Well, at that time, when it happened, there was this old, and when I say old wallpaper, I mean ancient wallpaper. It was on the walls. So time elapses. It's coming up about springtime. Brigetta's getting ready to move back into the old house with us. Her time in Valdez is done. She's ready to move back in with us. And they go cleaning up that upstairs room, and we begin moving that uh, wallpaper on the west side of the wall, which means if you're looking at those windows from the outside, it's the wall to the far left of those windows. Okay. Just dead in the middle of the wall behind the wallpaper was a big bloody handprint. What? Yes. It was a big bloody handprint as if somebody had taken to slap the wall with it. No. And oh, it was we, weird. That that was freaky, and we painted over it. Now, years before all of this, when Crystal and her husband was living there at the time when they first got married, this is what a time when it got physical with somebody else. Crystal's husband at the time could not stay in that house, especially at night. It always targeted him. And he would he would Crystal and him be laying side by side. Chris will wake up fine. Tom would be, wake up with bug bites and all things all over. But mm-hmm. the one that really would drove them to leave was the night that uh, was the night that he was laying there and felt something just scratching and digging into his back. And when he rolled over, Crystal, what, what happened to my back? What's wrong with my back? And when Crystal moved his shirt, 
something had taken fingernails and had scratched a big R into his back. <gasps> oh my God. And as soon when it got physical like that, if you ever wanted to see somebody leave that house fast, let him be there and the sun fall and nobody be home and he'd be on his way out the road to meet you. <laughs> I, I mean, he, he was, he would be gone from that place. Well, I can understand why. <laughs> I, well, I, you know, okay. I guess my question would be, what did the R mean? What this, was that, that? That's a great, that's a great question that I have not, gotten a significance yet i mean i actually had people when that when growing up everybody used to call me randy as a part as my nickname my short of my my nickname my middle name randolph but which is what the wr stands for um but and a lot of people are like well you think it meant that and i was like i don't think so but i really don't know what the significance of that and i think it would actually really play a major part into learning more about that house if I could yeah. ever find out what the significance of that was. That hmm. Mystery now. Yes. You know Supernatural crazy? mysteries. Aren't they awesome? It's <laughs> crazy. Well, you know, I'm I'm looking at um I guess I should say I'm piecing together all the stories that you have shared with us. And a lot of the things that has happened you know has happened like you said with with uh with charles being held down on the bed and then you know this one with the the scratch in the back and then you know some of these other things but it seems like even when you had that experience with that dark being in the hallway that you said was less than an arm's length away and you kind of moved away from it has besides the thing grabbing your ankle, like you told us in the last podcast, have you ever had any kind of uh, things happen that were violent towards you? Actually, I did out in the field one time, which brings me to another twofold story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Clint that I mentioned before, the one who's an officer in Grant Falls now. And uh, he and I, now, again, we Melissa would remember that we love to sleep outside, sleep out in the field and do stuff like that. And, and it was a great time. And it actually started with my sisters, Crystal and Brigetta, sleeping outside when we first moved into the house because we just like to sleep out, look at the stars and just enjoy the night. <clears throat> Even though it, the night had its own creepy things to it we still enjoyed knowing it <laughs> i know yeah. oh, yeah, the good old days screaming, yeah. the screaming and the going down the stairs you're normal camp out <laughs> we didn't have cable tv but we still have saturday night for hots but yeah we would but anyway clint and i were sleeping out in the field one summer and we would take pop had some old paneling that was on the front porch that he had brought in from a job. And we would take that out there because in the middle of that straw field, that straw can get rather uncomfortable at times. Mm -hmm. So we would lay that out and create like a flat spot to lay our sleeping bags and stuff out on. So we could stay out at night and just enjoy. And then right when we were ready to go to sleep, we had a place to go to sleep and kind of a base of operations. Well, Clint and I was up there when the dog started raising a fuss toward the back of the house. And he and I got up and we started looking around and both of us were always looking for weird stuff to happen because we were so familiar. He was the skeptic of the group. 
<laughs> he, he was a skeptic of our group and he'll tell you, but he, he'll tell you those things that made him even question his skepticism sometimes. Cause it was like, he was trying to hold on to reality himself. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah. And, and if you used to talk to Clint about it, he would tell you a lot of the things that was going on too. So that, that that's one of the things that, you know, my friends were really involved in seeing, in being a part of some of these experiences that weren't just me or family alone. So, um, and, and they love the legends of Lacey road because they get to relive and retell yeah. those things that's happened. But anyway, Clinton and I got up and we was now this foot, this, but this field that I'm talking about was big enough. We could either play football. We could play oh, yeah. baseball in it. It was, it was, a, it was probably about two to three acres in size. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was huge. I mean, we could hit a baseball home run and not hit the house at the other end. Yeah. You know, so huge house. Not huge, not huge, huge field. Um, so we were sitting there, we were laying there, and they, the dogs were raising a fuss toward the woods at the back of the house, which is a particularly dark side of the house, at, mm. whether it's a day, whether in the day or not, because it really didn't get sunlight until the later part of the afternoon. And then mm. it was the first part to, to get dark when the sun went down. And we were up and we went up there to see what was going on. And as we got up, the dogs were meeting us, coming back around the uh, meeting us as we come back around the uh, the side of the house. Mm -hmm. And, you know, apparently whatever was bothering back there had gone on its way. And Clinton and I stood back there and we kind of looked around for a little bit. Nothing nothing was really there and i had this old oil lantern that i was kind of using so it wouldn't burn out pop's flashlights because lord knows yeah i didn't want to hear him on that one <laughs> <laughs> but uh but and plus I, if one of the things if you ever notice when it comes to supernatural things anything paranormal they have a tendency to disrupt electric you know, electric energies and therefore it, it's kind of a twofold process it disrupts the energy coming from it but it also disrupts the field the field of energy kind of cancels one another out yeah. so it has an adverse effect on electronic devices so as we were <laughs> done a lot of research and field mm -hmm. tests on that so yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. good to know mel we need yeah. to carry uh torches and lighters <laughs> there we go. Maybe that's what's going Arcane. on with my headphones <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you got something else I wanted to hear stories with you. <laughs> <laughs> right, and then silently, Melissa hears another laugh over in the distance. Like, oh, uh, that's us. so funny. So, no. <laughs> yeah. no, we ain't going there. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but no, uh, Clinton, I, but anyway, we had that oil lamp and we were back there looking around and we come back. And as Clinton and I rounded the, now, now, as you come around the front, there's this row of boxwoods. Right there beside where the right there where the driveway was, and then that big laurel oak right in the very front of the house. That if you were looking out the front of the upstairs windows, you couldn't see the field for it. It was so big, yeah. Yes, and so we come back out, and the moon was probably starting to come right back over our heads, just from probably about one o'clock at night, and it was start. It had just passed the zenith, going toward the western horizon. And the night was lit up like broad daylight. You've seen those kind of really bright moonlit nights. Mm -hmm. 
Well, as we were there and we were walking down to the woods, we noticed everything got kind of silent. And we looked down close to where we were staying in the field. And we saw what looked like a man, but it was no man because it was much taller and hunched over and kind of just lumbering along in in the field. And the moonlight shone on its back. It was like a shadow where the moonlight was shining on its back like a highlight and was slumbering. Clint and I both saw it. And by the time we looked at each other and looked back, it was no longer there. Well, the night outside got canceled. We went back into my room. (laughs) But, (laughs) But he and I decided to take a moment. And sit down and each of us on different ends of the room decided to draw what we saw. Mm. Now, the eerie part was the only differences in what he drew and I drew was the differences in artistic styles. Mm -hmm. Other than that, it was the exact same thing, which we later called the field dweller. Wow. Wow. The... Now, you were asking if it had ever gotten violent at another point. So this brings me to the part two of the story. When I was out in the field by myself one night and I was looking for this thing, I found it. <laughs> uh, or rather, it found me. Oh, my God. As I was laying down in the lower part of the field, similar to where Clinton and I had been staying. and. One of the things that living in the old house taught me is that I could either cower in fear and let these things happen or I could fight back. Mm -hmm. So I chose to fight back. I love doing that. And to this day, there's no horror movies that's been able to scare me because it doesn't have everything I've experienced in that house. I'm just like, not happened yet. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, But I was laying out there in the field. And I woke up and I looked and I noticed something down moving down toward the edge of the the edge where the road rounded next to a tall group of oak trees at the edge of the field. And I got up and I grabbed my lantern up and I started going down that way. And as I got down that way, I noticed a shadow moving in the light that didn't belong off to my right. And by the time I looked around, the shadow had completely engulfed around the bottom of me, even to the point where my lantern was not piercing it. What? Yes. And at the same time it did, I felt all the feeling in my legs and everything. It was like my, my, all my joints turned to water, and I just collapsed right to where it was. Oh, my God. And, and I was literally there, helpless in the field, unable to do anything, except for just kind of like like scoot as if I was trying to just like inch like a worm till I got out of that shadowy area. And once I got out of that shadowy area, I was able to move again. Oh man. God. And needless to say, I came back in the daytime to collect my stuff. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah, that's a good thing. (laughs) But 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 it also taught me a very valuable lesson in that, especially concerning the things in the house, was to pay attention to very much pay attention to my surroundings and the ambient things going on around because Mm -hmm. so many times things that 
that thing that which you see out of the corner of your eye may not always be just a figment out of the corner of your eye and it may not always be a natural thing but by the time you realize to take a look it could be something that you needed to see mm-hmm. even if you didn't want to see it <laughs> so what wow. do you think it was well, i mean that i have yet to determine but i definitely know that it was not anything I don't believe it to be anything natural. See, before I lived, before my family ever lived there, when Angela's family lived in that house at the right there beside the field, mm-hmm. her father Guy used to talk about hearing screams come from the middle of the field at night. Good. And the neighborhood would wake up. Everybody would go out to see what was going on. I mean, you could, they would go to the he would go to the window and see the woman screaming at the apple tree in the middle of the. The field. Oh my gosh. But then by the time they would get out there, nobody was there. Nor were there that's, any traces. Yeah. That's frightening. And I was out. That's the same field which I was in, you know, when this took place. But this is years after that happened. And so, yeah, there, there's so there, there, you know, it's always been when you got something negative that happens. When you got a place that's a harbor for negative energy or a, a hotbed or like an open wound of negative energy, just like flies come to a decaying corpse, just like gnats to to fruit that's been sitting too long, something will come to feed. Yeah. And I believe that the wounds oh. and things that have happened in that house over the extenuous amount of time that it's been there has allowed other things to come. Uh, mom has mentioned the night that I went to watch Scream the first time, the movie Scream. Uh-huh. <laughs> he said that uh, when I went out of the house, she said a dark figure stepped out and was and had basically had come into the room with him and was looking around <gasps> at the same time I was leaving. Oh, so. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know, you, you started, I mean, you told us about uh, what sounded like a murder um, mm-hmm. in that field when you were, you guys were camping out and you had said that that house, you know, was, you know, the house that you were living in and the barn was all pieces from that original house that had the foundation near where you were camping. I mean, yes. wh- whatever, whatever happened in that house from this, you know, from what you said has still that energy has just stayed in all of that wood, regardless of where it's been mm. moved. And it's such an unsettling and un, Oh my gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's just so many unresolved and unsettling things that have not have no closure. You know, it's just, right. yeah, that is so random. I mean, it's not random. It actually does make sense, I guess. Yeah. Oh, one of the funniest things that one of the funniest and most intriguing things that ever happened was there was a woman in the old house. And and I distinctly remember it being a woman because it it was. And and as I was maturing into a teenager and I started getting girlfriends of my own, I would be sitting there talking on the phone with one of with one of them. And I would get there would be this this scent like a perfume would come into a room. And then there would be a breeze, especially upstairs in that one room that used to be Roy's that was right around the staircase to the left. And because that's where I'd go for the other phone jack where I could have some privacy and talk. Mm-hmm. And there would be like the, the windows would be closed on that. But this wind would come into the room. 
but it wasn't just a wind of any sort. It would come in, but then once it started, once it got to me, it would actually start wrapping around as if it was just like a hand caressing over my body as it would circle around me as I was talking on the phone. And it was just this cold, it wasn't uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. but it was just one of them things that you knew somebody or something was there, but it Mm -hmm. wasn't there to do harm at this particular Mm -hmm. point. Wow. You know, I, I, I have to ask, and again, maybe this is something you can answer or, or not. Yeah. But out of all of your experiences and everything that happened, um, and you have, I mean, you're, you're willing to go out there. You've got a lot of courage, I mean, to go out there and seek this stuff and whatever. But it seems like no matter what happened, um, besides that black hole thing in the field, um, <laughs> yes. these, these, uh, these beings or these, you know, uh, what are they called? Supernatural, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there was something, there's something about you that just seemed to, that you drew. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know things happen with your friends and stuff like that, but um, you, I mean, you didn't seem like you were, you navigated towards it instead of just running from it. Like you said, you could either run from it, be scared of it, or you could embrace it and fight it. And, and not allow it to to overtake what you had. Do you, do you think that there is some kind of weird connection or something maybe they they felt or you feel? I, I don't know. I get, I'm trying. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Maybe you oh, you're fine. You know what I mean? Well, he's like a, almost like a sensitive in a way. They kind of um, I always get the pressure. It's like they come to him. Mm. My daughter and Brittany, my daughter, is the same way. She things she experiences things that a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. And and she's she's very sensitive and open to very things. And I think and to be honest, it I believe just if you listen to what the, some of the things Melissa has told you and then my, like the my mom and some of our family on mom's side, it's like our family has a history of being connected to that kind of thing. Yeah, there's wow. there's stories strewn throughout our whole family, even our grandparents uh, would tell us. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's always been kind of a part of our, our life, you know, growing up, it wasn't abnormal to talk about yeah. strange things happening, you know? Yeah. To us, you know, where other people are like, these are campfire tales. And they're like, yeah, to us, it's like, Hey, this is usual family conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, we get to, when we get together for Thanksgiving, I mean, we would be telling tales and, and we had Thanksgivings in that house. Yes. So, I mean, there's a lot of good positive Oh yeah, the house. So this, despite all the craziness and the weirdness that happened in that house, that house was still home to many of Mm -hmm. us, and still Mm -hmm. is. I mean, I I still love that place as home. Yeah. Is anybody live there now? I mean, is is the house is it still occupied or is it empty? It it is empty now, and and sadly, the lack of some anyone being there, it is starting to fall in on itself. So it's starting to be dangerous. But in it, I took my son out there several years ago and, you know, I got to show him around the house. But, yeah, he got to see it during the daytime. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah but, not at night. No, <laughs> no, I, I was like, we don't want to be you don't want to be here at night. No. Not not by and especially not as sensitive to things as he is uh, as far as like just he, he is not as spiritually strong as some of us. He's impacted kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Have you had things happen to you since you've left? 
Oh, indeed, I have. I mean, and some of them actually happening right here in the very home that I'm living in. And a couple of things have happened on my jobs. And I mean, I've had some pretty, pretty substantial encounters with things even beyond the old house. Mm, wow. The reason I ask is because Mel has shared stories with me about even just the place she lives in now in San Diego. And I'm like, that is, mm-hmm. that is just random. I mean, not random, but it's just like, okay. I mean, you're talking about modern, you know, a modern yeah. location in San Diego. So it's not mm-hmm. like San Diego has got long-term history like we do right. back East. And, right. and, and she's had things that have happened and she shared with us on a couple of podcasts. And that's why I was asking you, have you had things happen, you know, even after you left? So yeah. yeah I would, now, have you guys ever done your ancestry or your family tree to find out, you know, anything maybe that would make a connection with this or, I mean, do you guys have any, any interest? I mean, any uh, information? There's been a couple of our family members that's done some, but not, but not in a sense of trying to find a spirit, like a, a, like a mystic connection, I guess mm-hmm. would be the best way you could say. There's been more of a historical connections of things, but as far as a mystical connection, I, that is a, and that is a source of a good idea of you know research and things that could be done because like i said you know there there's been you know there's many of the family members that have been passed through the years including now my daughter who is very open and very sensitive to seeing what some would say is beyond the veil mm-hmm. wow. and i mean uh oh and, uh, so yeah there, there's you know, there, there's a lot open to that, and there's a still a lot I'm even learning still today. Well, like so. you're a mom, and you know all of the sisters. This is what we always call the aunts and yep. our moms is the sisters. So w- we would always, you know, ask them. So they might would know more about past. I know your mom has a really excellent memory. She might oh, even yeah. have answers. Um, or explanations or hypothesis, you know. <laughs> oh, oh, what was funny is, you know, speaking of mom, when I was telling, when Aaron and I told her about the incident that happened down at the camp where we were camping at the river uh-huh. with the sounds, you know, the funniest thing was, is mom dismissed it thinking it was something that happened up in one of the neighborhoods. And no matter how we were trying to do it, then we got, then I, the first year I did the Legends of Lacey Road, I got a story from James. And he mm-hmm. said, hey, I got a Legend of Lacey Road for you. I was like, okay. You know, I was happy to hear it. Well, James sent me this story about something that happened when he was getting ready to go to the Navy. This is 10 years before the incident down at the river with Aaron and I. Mm-hmm. And he was going down through there. He was thinking about the paths and the road. He was getting ready to get shipped out to the Navy. Um and him and our dog bar at the time, Bar Killer, was going down through the woods. Bar and Killer. As, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you probably remember that old big brown doggy. It's Bear uh, in Bear, yeah. but we call Bar. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> call Bear it, Bar. <laughs> if you've ever seen the movie, if you've ever seen the movie Against a Crooked Sky, <laughs> the dog in the name in the dog in the movie was named Bar Killer, and that's what James and them named yeah. him after. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, but yeah, when uh, but anyway, he was down there, and 
as I read the story, he was talking about how he encountered this area and they started hearing sounds of, of an argument and things going on and doors slamming. And as I was reading his story, the hair stood up on my arms because I was reading the events that Aaron and I experienced that night. Wow. Coming from James. And I was like, I know how this ends because I, I lived this. And I actually wrote James back. I said, did this happen? Did, did this actually, is this story? I goes, well, I, you know, I did, I did add a few details to embellish on the story. But yeah, other than that, yeah, it did happen. And uh, he and I went on to Google Maps and we both crossed over the areas which we had experienced that sound. And our area that he experienced it in and the area that Aaron and I was hearing the sounds come from were the same location overlapped. Wow. He, James experienced that same unfolding events of the murder that took place the same 10 years before Aaron and I ever experienced it when we were camping. Validation. Wow. Wow. I didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) That's so shocking. There must be something to the story then. I mean, and, and, and what's funny is James isn't one of those. And you know how James is. James is very practical. He is not oh, yeah. one to believe just random stuff. I mean, and that, you know, and for him to share that with me, I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wished I still had the original story because I was actually going to share it as a double feature alongside mine and Aaron's story for one of the legends of Lacey Road. Wow. 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 It's just amazing how it all connects. And, you know, like you said, 10 years before, you can't make that up. You know, if it's, if he said, hey, by the way, I got a story and then you guys go on and see it's in the same location. I mean, that is just so co- is can't be coincidental. You know what yeah. I mean? It's yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know what? It has been so much fun having you on again, William. I really enjoy your stories and uh, we love having you on and we are looking forward to your book. As soon as your book is done, you have got to come back with us. So not only can we launch your book, but hear your stories and, and support you in any way, shape or form that we can. Oh, absolutely. And like I said, I have had an absolute blast being on here talking with you guys and sharing this. I mean, <laughs> it really has been an exciting time being on here doing this. Well, thank you. Well, we've had fun with you. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I know. Thank I'm you. Scared. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> although, uh, although, most I think I'm going to be sleeping with a light on tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but just whatever you do, don't watch any movies like Paranormal Activity or anything like that. That kind of hands <laughs> down the same road that I was just that that goes with the kind of the yeah. those random things you hear in the night, like I was mentioning at the beginning of the cast. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like it's hard watching those sometimes. <laughs> oh well, yeah. I, Especially when they play on those things that when you've really experienced Experience. stuff, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it, it's easy for the naysayer and the skeptic to be like, ah, yeah, that, that that wouldn't bother me. But it's another thing to actually have been in the position where you've seen things looking at you from the base of your bed or mm-hmm. you've had a shadow that like when you wake up and you see the shadow just stand up and walk out of the room or oh I, that's a story for another time. <laughs> but, Happy, uh, Halloween. Happy Halloween. And then, you know, or be waking out of your sleep by a booming voice and thinking oh, uh, again, one of those things. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, yeah. 
the creepy one was uh, you telling me whatever was calling you from the other side of the yeah. door and all your That's... family members, different voices. Yes. Oh, that one, That's that so... one got to me. And, and I, I got to give you credit, William. I mean, I got to give you credit because for everything you've experienced and, you know, again, for you to take all of this and, and share it, you know, it, within your writings or your art, um, you know, and your uh, podcast, well, your upcoming stuff, I guess, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and things that you've got coming up, you know, it's, it's such a gift, you know, to hear this, but even just to have your whole family. So it's not just you, but everybody else that has been involved or around that house has got a story. And Mel, we need to get some other people on. I mean, that would be so much fun. It may may need a trip out to North Carolina just to set it up and do it. And I'm with you. Let's do it. Now, (laughs) are you in the the area of Lacey Road? Oh, you are? Okay. I am. I actually live less than five minutes from it. Well, it sounds like a road trip, Mel. I think mm-hmm. we need a road Let's trip. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Although I don't know, I may be wearing a lot of crosses and carrying holy water <laughs> <laughs> and garlic, maybe. Garlic. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely for the vampires. Oh. We don't know yet. I'll have to find out about them. <laughs> yeah. Well, William, how can everybody find you besides uh, we're going to put everything up on all of our social media and you're going to find all of his uh, links and some of his, a picture of his artwork and uh, a photo. And you have all that on Coach Mickey and Friends. And again, I'll put it on all my uh, social media and along with our Pinterest and everything else. But what, um, what would you prefer? How would you like people to get in touch with you? Because I have a feeling you have just opened up a whole new world for you, my friend. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. And, and, and I love to be able to, I, like I told one of my favorite authors, which is R.A. Salvatore, uh, like I told him when he asked me why I wanted to be a writer, I said, I got a lot of stories to share with the world and I want to be able to do that. And uh, so that's great. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And I'm, I'm actually going to, I'm going to, uh, peg this line for you because you did share it with us earlier in a podcast and I think it really embodies who you are and and what you see so as a quote from William Frady uh or or W.R. Frady however you want to look at it when you find his writings is he paints a picture with words and I love that and that is a William Frady original so uh I love that and I think that is uh, something that really describes you to a T in, in the way you've shared your stories, in your artwork. Um, I'm looking forward to your, your writings. I mean, you can find some of his other writings. I'm going to share those links on with Linktree, you said, was uh, was there. Oh, yeah. But, um, but thank you so much. And we are so looking forward to, to seeing what you do in the future and being part of your journey. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I wish I'd have had time to share with you. When you was asking me if I had other experiences outside of thing. I think, wish I could share one with you that happened during the filming of The Devil's Daughter. Ooh. Oh, yeah. wait, 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 wait. <laughs> okay. okay. Oh, my God. We're, we're going to, you know what? I've got okay. you here. We're going to extend this. Go for Ratchet. it. Okay. Okay. Pass <laughs> it to the end. We got to uh, hear the story. Yeah. Um, okay. When we were shooting The Devil's Daughter, we shot on our, one, and the major location was the Alexander County Courthouse in Taylorsville. Mm-hmm. Now, we were filming down in the jail area, and there is a lot of activity that happens down in those, those, that area. I was running sound as part of the, as part of the crew, uh, actually, you know, behind the scenes, helping with the 
you know, helping with that. When I wasn't filming, I was helping with the crew as far as like for the uh, like pretty much helping with the production crew. Right. So we were set up and we were getting ready to do this one scene that was going to take place. And as I was sitting there, they were trying to get ready for the sound to come on. And I had to tell them to hold on because there was shuffling coming from beyond this door. And I, I didn't at the time know when that door, you know, that, that I didn't know where that door went. And I thought it was going out to some of the offices or another part of the hallway, but there was stuff shuffling around and moving in there. And I was like, Somebody needs to tell, you know, there's something move, somebody moving in there. They need to do it because I can hear it through the phones, right. through the uh, earphones. So if I could hear it, you know, I knew that the the sound product, the sound equipment would pick it up. Well, about that time, went over to look to tell whoever it was to quit messing around in there. And I opened the door and it's a completely dark, empty janitorial closet. Oh, my. And there was nobody in there. And the only way in or out was the door I had just opened. This is in a jail? This is in a jail part of the Alexander County Courthouse. Those things freak me out. Wow. Wow. So as I got to ask, so did, did when you, when you uh, caught it in the headphones, did you, I mean, did you tell other people that anybody else here? Was it just, Oh yeah, that was, there was several of us right there that were part of the production crew that were sitting there and we heard it. And I was like, there's something going on over there. And when we went to check it, yeah, there was, there was nobody there. It was an empty room and empty other than just like the storage stuff that was in there. But yeah, it was just, there was nobody in there to be able to move anything around and no way they could have got out to keep from like, if I could do somebody trying to play a prank or something, there was nowhere for them to hide or nowhere for them to get out and around us because they had to come right out the same door I was looking at when I was hearing it. Oh man. <laughs> Did it have a history of being haunted? Do you know? It does. It does. There's been a lot of people experienced having things happen down in that room. Or not just down in that room, but down in that area. Uh, another couple of the guys that were down there experienced hearing voices when they would be uh, voices that wasn't part of the cast or crew when we were da- they were down there doing things. Or you'd hear somebody like those times you'd hear stuff walking or walk through cold spots or oh, just on. things like that going on down there. Wow, I think the cold spot is the one I've heard the most often mm-hmm. is uh is that or you know hearing something that gives you chills or something yeah. breezes oh, by yeah. you and i'm sure you experienced a lot of those when you're in the oh, house yes. oh yes i've yeah. even experienced having something pass through me and that's an unnerving experience oh, <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> that is a very oh. unnerving experience <laughs> oh my god what does your body feel like i just gotta when ask you, imagine something that imagine having a wind that brushes across your skin Okay. Except when you do, you feel that same cold wind go inside of you and pass through and come off the other side. Uh-uh. No. Yes. No, no, and, I mean, and you get this just sickening chill that just gives you a shudder when you do it, when it happens. Wow. Oh, my God. Wow. 
Uh, my mm. gosh, I tell you what, you have got to finish that book. Yes. Because I know there's going to be people going, when do I get a copy? Where do I get okay. a copy? And we are going to highlight a huge book signing for you. Yes, William. we are. Hey, I'll be glad to do it. I'll be glad to do it. Let's do it. <laughs> well, that was a great one to end on. I am very excited. I am very excited. So thank you again for being with us. Oh, thank you again for having me. So, Mel, got anything else you want to say or add? Just going to say happy Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Halloween. (laughs) Actually, I'm going to end on that. Happy Halloween, you guys. We'll see you next week. We're just ordinary friends, and William lives an extraordinary life. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Love you guys. Thank you again. Bye. Be good. This episode was brought to you by KeepOnSharing.com. They're calling themselves the first truly ethical social network. They'll share back 50% of their revenue with their users, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. It's free to register, and they never sell your information. You can list your products, events, and content for free. Adult content accounts, be gone. They're fun, positive, and encouraging sites supporting local business. In a day and age where social media sites, even well-established ones, are being brought to light left and right for their questionable and sometimes downright archaic business practices, KeepOnSharing.com is a well-needed breath of fresh air. While you can share personal content, news articles, or just about anything for fun and profit, the marketplace allows practically anyone to sell anything at any time from anywhere. But on this site, you are the boss. I cannot express how amazing it is that KeepOnSharing.com shares 50% of all revenue back with the users on top of having a truly transparent, supportive, and clean business model. Check them out. I'm signing up. Will you? Go ahead and meet me on there. Just go to KeepOnSharing.com. A link will be provided in this episode's description. 